got the PowerPoint there, Richard or Michael? Well, while the giving thing is up there still, and I just so appreciate the, oh, the no pressure, no obligation, just be here and, and, and give whatever you have a joy in your heart to give if, if that is on your heart or just be blessed and just receive. But I also like to say too, I mean, I, I, I don't, also don't want to rob people from the opportunity to give too. Like, you're not, you're not, all I could say is you can't outgive God. And any time I've given in faith to him, I guess I'm sharing a bit of a random testimony here. He, like he's our provider. Us giving to him is not because he's in need. Us giving to his kingdom is, it's a spiritual act of knowing who your provider is. And then opening yourself up to seeing him supernaturally provide for you. That's what it's about. Um, he doesn't need your money. He's not desperate, but he would just love to see you live in that supernatural realm with him. So just, I also, so yes, no one ever feel obligated, but also we don't want to rob you from an opportunity to see what God does when you take a step of faith and say, all that is mine is from you. Here's some back and let's see what you do. Anyway, he's just so faithful. Just so faithful. So faithful. <laughs> he is so faithful. Um, around Father's Day, I was well, on Father's Day. I was talking to my father-in-law. He's on the phone, and uh, and the topic of his father came up in conversation, and he briefly said. Um, you know, he's just the kind of guy that always believes that everything's going to be okay. And sure enough for him, it, it always turns out that way. And that really stuck out at me because, boy, do, do I want that. Like, I, I think, wow, what a great existence to just be able to, to walk and trust that, you know, everything's going to be okay. And sure enough, you know, kind of things do tend to kind of work out. Um, fast forward to just a week ago. I was in Toronto and visiting my father-in-law and his dad was there. And so we were just sitting around a table and I said to him, I said, you know, dad says that you're the kind of guy that just always believes that everything is gonna be okay. And before I could even finish my sentence, he was already doing this. And he said, like he practically interrupted me and he goes, he's my anchor. He's my anchor. Wow, I, I just, it kind of almost brought me to tears, you know, just this man who has so much faith that he could just rest in knowing that God's got him. Later that weekend, I was uh, just driving with my father-in-law, just me, him, and my husband. And I asked him, I said, what was it like growing up with a dad who always just, you know, just trusted God and knew that God was there and was his anchor and it was all going to be okay. And you know, he said, to my surprise, he said, you know, my dad, he's always had, you know, he goes, he's, he's, the words, he's always had a thing for God. He's always had faith in God. But, you know, he didn't always walk out his convictions. Maybe his walk wasn't really aligned with his convictions or his talk. You know, so to, in a way of saying like, saw that man, you know, make a lot of choices that weren't exactly aligned with God's commands. 
And sure, okay, so maybe for him it was a, a bit of a mixed message sometime. But you know what I thought then at that moment? Wow. What a faithful God. What a faithful God we serve. Do you see what I'm saying? This man whose walk was not perfect, <laughs> not a textbook Christian walk, but knew throughout his life that God never left him. What a faithful God we serve. Romans 5.8, Paul captures this fact. He says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This word that this gentleman gave us today from the Holy Spirit, I just, I, I just marveled because that is the essence of what this message is today. He loved us first. He continues to love us first. He is the faithful one. He is so faithful. This fact, for me, is what I go back to time and time and time again when I need comfort, when I need assurance, that he is for me, that he is for me, that he's got me, that no matter the storm, no matter what I do or say, he, he's faithful. And how do I know this? While we were still yet sinners, Jesus chose to go to the cross and die on the cross and shed his blood for our sins. This was before we knew him, believed him, gave him the time of day, that is how loving and how faithful he is. Wow. He has shown us through the cross that there is no too great of a price. There's no too great of a sacrifice. Yeah. There's no too far length that he would go for us. Am I right? young man I think you get what I'm saying and I love it it is something worth marveling over indeed there is no he has shown that to us there is no price too great he has given us his son Jesus has died is there anything too great for him to do for you no At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I think about who, who would you die for? Who would you die for? I could think of a few people that I would unhesitantly give my life for. I think, you know, if I knew that it would result in abundant life for many, especially because I know where I'm going, I think I would die for them. Of course, I don't have kids, so maybe it's easy for me to say. I don't know. But I don't know. Would I die for the tyrannical dictators of the world? Would I put my life down to save someone who 
does terrible, terrible things? Oh, Jesus did. Jesus did. Undiscriminately for everybody while we we're still sinners. Christ died for us. He loved us first. Is that not what the Holy Spirit was saying to us? He loved us first. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He loved us first. Um, as many of you, probably all of you already know, um, about uh, COVID year, God put on my heart uh, a bunch of really comforting, loving, nurturing words that my heart really needed to hear. And he had me write it down and uh, put it in a little daily devotional. And lately, he's been reminding me of a few, and I've been reading them when I speak here, so bear with me. There's another one today that I just wanted to share. It's a little long, so just bear with me. Oh, thanks, Leslie. And rejoice. Yeah, I love it. It's called Loved No Matter What. And the verse captured for this devotional is 1 John 4.10. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And again, this is what I felt the Father was saying to me. My child, I do not invite you into communion with me because of an accomplishment or right doing of your own. I have not given you a room in my house, the inheritance of my spirit and the name, my child due to merit of your own that must be earned and maintained. Your eternal destiny is not secured because of any sacrifice you've made or any words you have properly uttered. I do not save you every time you call on the name of Jesus because of some condition you have fulfilled. My child, you are free from the despair and hopelessness of having to earn my love. You can abandon this heavy yoke, these chains, in this very moment. I touch your heart even now, where shame and despair have harmed you and kept you isolated. I make you whole in this very moment with the truth. The eternal joy of communing with me is yours. The deathly lie that you must first love me has continued to be left unchecked and unbridled among the hearts of my children for too long, and it ends now. I think the Father's trying to make that really clear this morning. It's in opposition to the truth. This lie is what keeps shame alive and well. This lie is what keeps hearts broken and far from me. My child, here is the order of things that you must know and walk in all your days. Out of love and great joy, I intricately designed you and bore you from my very own heart. A beautiful extension and reflection of my very essence. I love you with an unquenchable and insatiable love. A love that cannot be transcended or dimmed. Ensuring that nothing can stand in the way of our eternal intimacy. Jesus, your brother, took on all guilt for all sin, past, present, and future. 
Let the cross be your constant reminder that my love for you is always there first, waiting. Receiving me and my love for you is all that is left to do. Receiving me and my love for you is all that is left to do. And I invite you to receive it anew each day. Receive. Run to me and receive. Rest in me and receive. Receive. That is all, my child. I love you and I give you all things for abundant life. Whether you love me or receive me does not change my love for you and all that I have for you. Yes, and get this. Even if you reject me, it does not deter or dissuade me. I will always be waiting for you, my child, with my eye upon you and with my arms open wide. Who we are in him. And by the way, if you would like a copy of this, there are a few out there on the back table. Just take one and be blessed. It's not our jobs to make ourselves suitable to be in the presence and to have the communion that our hearts desire, desire and were designed for with Jesus. It's not our jobs to make us suitable for that, to make us presentable. That's what Jesus did. That's what the blood of Jesus does. It covers us. It brings us into the fullness of the kingdom with him, seated right there beside him, right beside the Father, right beside Jesus. We do not need to make ourselves suitable. It's done. Jesus has done it. We just need to receive it. We need to believe it in order to walk in that truth, to be able to enjoy the full abundance of what that means to know that we can run to him boldly and sit on his lap and do what we were made to do. And that is to have seamless communion and interaction with our maker, with our father. To be in his presence every single second, every single moment, just as Jesus was. It's not our jobs to make ourselves suitable but to receive it and to believe it and to completely surrender to him. I'm not going to lie. I was listening to Bill Johnson online the other day again. I'm a fan. And it was, it was him. He, he said this. He goes, it's not our job to make ourselves suitable, but rather to surrender. He always has catchy phrases. But even still... Even still, you don't believe it, you don't receive it, you don't walk in it. God's promises, he's faithful, remember, he's the faithful one. While we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is how faithful he is. He promises that he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. You see, Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He takes it away. 
It's not dependent on you to know it. He's done it. That's what he's done. John the Baptist, when he was preparing the way for Jesus to come and start his ministry, when he saw Jesus for the first time, he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's over. Just as Adam, one man, brought sin into the world, Jesus, in his sacrifice, one man, takes it away. And so now, and get this, this is crazy. This is crazy. Wherever sin increases, there's more than enough of God's grace to triumph all the more. That is why Paul says, try not to, like, don't take advantage of it. Like, his grace is, it, it is, it, there is no end to it. There is no end to it. The important question, well, I have a few questions for us today, but the first question for us today. Hallelujah! <laughs> like, I think he's like, right? I think God's just trying to get attention to be like, can I get a hallelujah? Like, this is like, this is, this is the gospel. This is the good news. It's such good news. It's, it's, it's hard to actually grasp because there's nothing in the world like it. And so naturally, we kind of look for this catch. And we've done that a lot throughout history. Since Jesus died and rose again, that, you know, we have still found some way to create legalism around it. <laughs> like we still need to somehow earn this thing. <laughs> He's done it. Do you believe this for you too? This is, I think this is the journey that I have on an ongoing basis. Like, I mean, really believe it. As in, like, really believe it and walk in it and own it. Live and move and have my being in him and what that means in every circumstance, in every storm. Um, a couple years ago, I was sitting across from a table um, from a family member whose life was uh, crumbling around her. A lot of loss and a lot of brokenness. And you know, a lot of it was because of her own doing and choices and she was a big contributor to very hard circumstance she found herself in. But I know the truth. I know there is no limit to the grace of Jesus that we have in Jesus. And I was able to look across the table from her with absolute assurance and confidence and say you are about to experience the grace and the love of God in your life like you never have before. And it's, sometimes it's hard to believe that for ourselves because we see our own stuff. We see our own sin, our own shortcomings, 
but Jesus doesn't. The Father doesn't. He doesn't even know what you're talking about. I can look at my this person and I can say with absolute confidence and assurance his faithfulness is not going to end. His grace is not going to end. He's still got you. You still want him? You still want to make him your Lord? He will be your Lord. And he will still care for you. And he still has good gifts for you. And he's going to help you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do you believe this for yourself? Because this is what I think the Father really wants to get through to us today. I want to tell you that's true for you too. It is true for you too and your loved ones too. He loved us first. He loved us first. This is where it gets a little different. You know, believe it or not, here... We don't, we don't often <clears throat> give people a real opportunity to take a moment and receive the gift. Receive the gift of salvation that exists in Jesus Christ. <laughs> and this is the best gift ever. And so I just want you to have an opportunity right now where you're at in your seat to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you have never received this gift, Jesus Christ is your Savior. The forgiveness of your sins, the, your salvation, this, this opening of the door of absolute communion with you and the Father God, in your seat right now, this is your chance. Every second you have a chance, but here's an opportunity right now, right here, to do that very thing, to receive this free gift of stepping into who you really, truly are, and that is a child of God. I uh, did that for the first time 23 years ago, and you know what? I kind of have to do it sometimes every day. And myself, oh yeah, you are my savior. You save me. There is nothing between me and you. Seamless communion with God, our maker. If this is the first time you're ever doing that, God bless you. If this is the hundredth time, God bless you. Receive it today anew and afresh. I have a separate question, though, too. And I realize that this is a totally separate question. This is a totally separate act. You see, you can receive the free gift of life that is in Jesus, and you can still just carry on living for you. And you can still just carry on doing things your way. You're saved. The blood of Jesus takes away the sin of the world. But there's a whole other opportunity in this as well. Would you like to give your life to him? Is the other question. 
Would you like to give your life to him? Jesus gave his life for us. No strings attached. And then he gives us an opportunity, if we want, to give our lives and to lay our lives down for him and make him the Lord of our lives. Not just our Savior, but also our Lord, our King, the one whose covering we are under, the one whom we live for, and become his child, his ambassador, his representation on this earth, we become ones who delight in his commands and are tuned into him continually, looking to know him more, looking to walk under his authority, his lordship, his kingship, and be his completely. That's the other question. That's the other part of this. And I could tell you this. He is indeed the faithful one. In that just as when Jesus died on the cross, he died, and then three days later we see that the Father rose him from the dead. Rose him and made him alive. Jesus is faithful to do the same for you and me. If you want to lay your life down for him, he is faithful to raise it up in him anew. A life in him completely. His child, his ambassador, his disciple. You become part of the family business. You don't become under the lordship of some church or some doctrine or some pastor or some person. Him, him alone, the king of kings, and the Lord of Lords, not just your Savior, your King. And what does that mean then? It means every day, every moment of every day. Did you know that Jesus Christ himself, Jesus, who is fully man and fully God, he said multiple times, I think I mentioned this in my last message, do you know that he didn't even say one word on his own initiative? Jesus Christ himself, he was under the authority of the Father. Communing with the Father, always plugged in. What are you saying, Father? What are we doing? What are you saying? What are we doing? Communing with him, being one with him. And that is his prayer for us, that we would also be one with him and the Father and one with each other one seamless no separation and so what does it mean to also lay down your life and say lord you raise it up and you use me as you however you see fit it means continual communion with him reading his word soaking in him getting to know him listening to him letting him transform you into the likeness of his son great doing this with you, buddy. 
So this is where it gets different. And this I was inspired to do yesterday. This is so cool. So yesterday, Leslie was up Mary, there's a few of us there. I went to this incredible workshop. Wow. It was uh, a couple of leaders in something called the Healing Rooms. This is like an international organization and a couple of leaders who, who lead uh, like a branch of it out in Kelowna came in and did some training for us in Nelson. What an amazing experience. Um, at the end of it, the one of the leaders, he said, you know, would you, you know, he, he offered to us to kind of impart and activate in us the gifts that God has given him and that we were learning yesterday. And at the end, he, he had whoever wanted to to come up and, and he, he anointed us to um, impart and to activate in us, you know, the gifts that obviously we're developing in the Holy Spirit. And then after that, he came and he gave me his anointing oil. And I was like, wow. He did not know I was speaking this morning. And right away, I knew it was for a reason. And I knew God wanted to do something this morning here. Anointing oil, what, what is, what's that all about? Jesus was anointed three times on his ministry here on earth. Anointing is a symbolic and common practice in uh, the Jewish tradition, and Jesus demonstrated it as well. When someone was appointed a king in Israel, they were anointed with oil. When Jesus came and started his ministry, the Holy Spirit came upon him and anointed him. Oh, which I meant to mention, this is really important. When you receive Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. That is that is part of your inheritance. His spirit comes and dwells in you. So you're you're anointed as well as Jesus was with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was also anointed with perfumed oil shortly before he died. It was part of a preparation for bur burial. And so given what was laid on my heart to to give us the opportunity to do today, not only to receive Jesus as Savior, but to lay down our lives for him and make him our Lord so he could raise us up in him. I want to give anybody here today the opportunity for me to anoint you with oil. As a symbolic and a ceremonious gesture and act of what you are choosing to receive and to give today. If anybody here, and this is not necessarily for someone who's just, you know, for the first time ever receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior. Maybe you're like me, and you've been following him for most of your life. But today is just yet another another conscious and intentional declaration that Jesus, you're my savior. The Holy Spirit is mine and I am yours. If you would like me to anoint you with oil and if you'd like to come up here, if that would be meaningful for you, 
if that would be meaningful for you, if you feel on your heart that the, the Holy Spirit of the Lord is saying, go up and receive an anointing of oil, then I want to invite you to come here right now, and I will anoint you with oil. Amazing. That's what kind of what happened yesterday at the healing room. Literally, we were like, can we just run up to the front of the line? We're like, like, yes. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done, for who we are in you. What? You raise us up by our right hands. You seat us beside you, Jesus, beside the Father on the throne, and you call us your sons and your daughters. You call us part of your royal priesthood. Father, I pray that as I anoint my brothers and sisters here in your name, Jesus, that each one of us here will remain under the covering of your authority of your provision and your protection, your leadership. Keep us under you. Keep us surrendered and submitted to you and you alone. And should we ever crawl out from under that covering, Lord, help us find our way back fast. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here today as we do this. Bless us, Lord Jesus, in your name. Lead us on paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Be glorified. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Amen.